just as um, I've shown that, I want you kind of, I want you to remember this feeling right now. This this one of laughter and a little bit of enjoyment and a little bit of chilled outness. And I'm going to come back to this uh, in a bit. Um, as you know, I'm going to really uh, yeah. Look, there you go. It's there, and it might even work from here. Um, we this term are covering our values as a church. So we've got present-centered, honoring, joyful, authentic, generous, courageous, and leaving a legacy. These are the hallmarks of what characterizes our community here at Gateway. And last week, um, Barney did an incredible job of giving us a foundation for these, uh, these values. And he reminded us that we were children of God, that we can call, uh, we can call God Father, like Abba, that our identity is rooted in him, that we're sons and daughters, we're adopted, we're royal heirs, we're outrageously loved, and we're precious and we're celebrated. And a result of all of those things is it means that we can have an intimate and genuine and authentic relationship with God. We were reminded that we have an inheritance and that God is the source of all of our comfort. So that is our foundation. Be excited about the fact. I've just declared some like major truths about who we actually are. We're children of God. Yes. And we get to call God Father. I love that. But our um, foundation today that we're looking at is the value of joy, being <coughs> joyful, hence my clip. Um, but what is joy? And in some sense, I think we know what joy is. We just experienced a, a moment of it, if you like. Um, it might have made you smile. For some of you, even laughed out loud. Um, and if nothing else, it kind of made you kind of warm on the inside. Paul writes this in Philippians. He says, rejoice in the... Oh, I thought it was going to... Oh, there it does, yeah. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So lovely. There's so much in those few verses. And when it begins in verse 4 with this command. It says that we are to rejoice. And, um, no, I'm just going to leave that there. I'm not going to touch anything. There you go. Um, it says in, um, it says, sorry, the word rejoice, it says to rejoice. And we know, let's have a little bit of an English lesson here, although I'm not an English teacher, but we know that that prefix re, R-E, is always to, uh, it means to either return to or it means again and again and again. So if you ever see that in front of a word, it's either meaning return to or go again and again and again. And so um, this word rejoice, joyce, the root of that word is joy. It comes from the French word, weirdly enough. I learned that this week. But joy, is um, that's the root of that word. So Paul is writing, using this word, rejoice, to return to joy again and again and again. And this is like a really beautifully constructed sentence because you start with rejoice and then rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Like he kind of, it's a really clever, beautiful sentence. You've got rejoice at the beginning, rejoice at the end, and then he tells you in the middle what rejoice means either side. I just think it's great. 
But he's making his point. He's like double-ending this. He's making the point. He wants you to rejoice, to return to joy again and again. But Christian joy, is that different to the everyday kind of joy that perhaps we just experienced in that clip? And if so, what is Christian joy? Um, And actually, why do we need to be joyful at all? Can't we just be miserable and just like sit around and not be joyful? Um, I found this definition by John Piper, which I really liked. And uh, he's giving us a definition of Christian joy as Paul is talking about it in Philippians. And he says this, Christian joy is a good feeling in the soul produced by the Holy Spirit as he causes us to see the beauty of Christ in the word and in the world. So I'm going to use that as my basis of understanding what this passage is. Christian joy is a good feeling. It isn't an idea and it isn't a persuasion. It's the feeling on the inside. It's an emotion. It's involuntary. And you don't actually have immediate control of it. Um, You react to something that you see or that you've observed. So like we all reacted to that clip. You can't just necessarily make it happen. Being joyful is a reaction. Let me try and explain to you. By complete contrast, I was... um, I don't particularly like snakes. I'm not sure that many people in the room do like snakes. But I remember uh, many years ago, I was on this, um, it was like a warm September day. I was on this Christian retreat, and we'd all been told to go off on our own and go for a wander in the, in the fields around. So I'm you know, marching along as you do, enjoying God, enjoying the sunshine. And I don't know what made me look down, but as I looked down, I realized that my foot was inches above an adder. And it's, the adder is the only poisonous snake in this country. And in that moment, let me assure you, I didn't think I needed to choose to be afraid. I was afraid. There was no competition. Fear gripped me. And I literally just stood like this in the middle of a field in deepest, darkest Essex. And, um, and as I stood there, the snake slithered away from me, you know, did its thing. It went off. I didn't move. I was frozen, rooted to the spot. Many moments of standing there, and I'm like, every thought, is there like a den of adders? Are they all going to come and get me? Do I move? Do I stand still? What am I supposed to do in this circumstance? And uh, and then I'm like, I'm going to see out my days as a scarecrow in a field in Essex. And um, uh, But eventually, eventually, the fear left my body. And my rational part of my brain began to work. And I kind of realized that I could get out of the field. I just needed to stomp really, really hard. And, um, and I found myself going out of the field singing that song, Be Bold, Be Strong, for the Lord your God is with you, like really loudly, making sure that the snakes were scared by my singing. And I lived to tell the tale, which is a good thing. But... But I'm trying to explain that that was a moment where I didn't need to choose to be afraid. I was, it just happened on the inside. And actually, joyful, being joyful, is something that happens on the inside. But it's a command. But if it's a command that's outside of our control, as I've just said, how does this work? And it isn't the only command that we're given that that is like this. We're called to fear God. We're told to be grateful. We we are called to be tender-hearted. And there are many others. 
So God commands us in this passage to be joyful, but if it's out of our control, the only person that can cause us to obey this command is God. We have to go to the source and ask God to help us to obey what he has commanded us to do. And then being joyful is, is, is in the soul. It's in part of our body, which is immaterial. Our body might, as I said, show signs of joy, such as laughter or smiling or even tears of joy. But this Christian joy is to do with our soul. It's to do with what's going on inside of us. Our bodies react, they make movement, but the action has no meaning unless it's connected to a virtue on the inside. Let me try and explain. Here's my arm, and you know, if I'm moving it up and down, you can see it moving up and down. If I choose to take my arm and punch Richard, sorry, Richard, you were there, you were in my eye line. That is a bad thing. You know, I'm just moving my arm, but actually, because we know what that means, there's like a, something on the inside that explains what that means, that's a bad thing. I could also choose to take that arm, put it round Richard and give him a hug. And that is a good thing. So it's something that goes on on the inside. There you go, I gave you a hug as well. Is that all right now? And um, so the third part of this quote is to do with what the Holy Spirit does. Um, joy is a gift of the Holy Spirit. And in Galatians 5.22, we are told that it's a fruit. We know that it's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. Love, joy, it's right there, right at the beginning. It's the second word. It's an evidence of God at work in your life, and it's described as a fruit. Therefore, joy can grow, it can mature, and it can ripen. And um, so joy is a work of God towards God, which is a work of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit does this by causing us to see the glory, the beauty, and the wonder of Jesus through his word. And, and in the world. And even when we were worshipping earlier on, didn't we just have that beautiful sense of the presence of God? Like, you just couldn't miss the fact that we were just, we were singing to the one who is worthy of all of our worship. And it was just beautiful. Just as God was doing something and the Holy Spirit was doing something, we were connected. We're still connected. It's not that we're not connected now. But it's just, just we get to see the beauty of God. And we see Christ in the, his, in the word as well. So when we read the word, the word was inspired by the Holy Spirit. So when we read about Jesus in, in, in the word, we are learning more and more about what he's like and his nature. But we were given this picture of fruit in Galatians 5, and therefore we know that we need, it needs to be nurtured and needs to grow. We water plants, don't we? And we ensure that they get enough sunlight. Uh, we're nurtured by the spirit of God, and we need the son, Jesus. Without this, we cannot really truly be joyful. But being joyful does seem impossible sometimes. You know, you, it does, do we need to go around with a great big smile on our faces all the time to show that we're joyful? And I know that circumstances are challenging. We even had a word about this morning and we face difficult things. We can only be filled with joy if we go to the source of joy, which is Jesus, and spending Time with Jesus, going to him, getting, gets us the right perspective on our situations. We don't take our big problems to God. We actually go to a big God who then right-sizes our problems. I love that. It just makes complete sense, doesn't it? I'm not ignoring our circumstances, and I know 
that we face difficult things and we struggle with things, even things like little lies that we buy into. And uh, we avoid certain situations because we're worried about getting hurt. Or maybe we avoid certain people because we think, oh, no, they're going to not be nice to me. But actually, Jesus tells us to live a completely different way, doesn't he? He tells us that if somebody slaps you on one cheek, offer them the other cheek too. The way of Jesus is entirely countercultural, And the only way that we can live his way, the only way we can do the things that he's commanded us to do is to go back to him and ask him to fill us because he empowers us to live his way. We can't do it by ourselves. We flounder and we lose our way. We can't just choose it. We just need to keep going back to Jesus. That's whom we choose. Um, Joy and peace are inextricably linked. Even in that passage that I read right at the beginning from Philippians, Paul begins with with joy but ends with peace. And we know that they're inextricably linked. Um, Spurgeon, it was Spurgeon who once said, I think it was Spurgeon who once said, joy is peace dancing and peace is joy resting. Kind of makes sense. He just got it, didn't he? He managed to explain it really well. Paul picks picks it up in the passage, as I've just said, because he tells us to rejoice always. He reminds us that Jesus is near and reminds us that we should bring everything to God and all the stuff that causes us distress, we bring it to him. And then there's this promise. There is this promise of peace, a peace which doesn't make sense. Richard even prayed it. He said it earlier on. A peace that doesn't make sense to the world, but many of us here in this room can testify to it. We... um, I, I was remembering about six years ago, my husband, Tim, became really ill. It was all very dramatic. Uh, I was in India, I had to fly home urgently. We didn't know what was going on. He got rushed into hospital. Um, the boys were, the church was, the church kicked into action really well. They picked up the boys. Somebody had them for the weekend while I was trying to get this flight home. Got back, it was an emergency. All sorts of drama happened. The upshot of it was that Tim was then diagnosed with this really rare cancer that no one's ever heard of called pseudomyxoma. And I said that so that I can just say that I can say a long word, but actually because it's a cancer that no one's ever heard of. And, um, and then we had a year of working all of that through. But in the first couple of weeks, Paul, who led our church, came to see me and he was being really loving and really kind and really sympathetic and saying all the right things that a pastor should say in that moment. And I looked at him and I said, you know what, Paul, I'm all right. I'm all right. I signed up for this because when I made my vows and I said, in sickness and in health, I meant those words, and Tim was sick. And I don't know where that bit of rationality came from, let me assure you, but that was a a moment of the Holy Spirit doing something very beautiful in my life, and I'm very grateful for it. I didn't want Tim to die. I didn't want my kids not to have a father. But I knew that in that moment, that actually this is what I signed up for, and that whatever the circumstances and whatever the outcomes were, because we didn't know if Tim was going to make this. He had a 13 and a half hour operation and two days in the ICU. We did not know. And yet God had gave all of us this incredible peace that no matter what the outcomes, he was with us and that he was always going to be good and faithful. And six years later, Tim is here to tell you the tale. But I've just told it for him. (laughs) At the end of chapter 4, it says this. 
Paul writes, For I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. We as a community here at Gateway are called to be joyful. So that's so full of joy that it spills out. And that's, that's so that when people speak about us, they speak about this that characterises us. But even though things are going pear-shaped, there's something that continues to keep us strong, which is Jesus. Not fake happy. I'm not talking about fake happy. I'm talking about a deep, deep contentment in every circumstance of life. Yes, there are moments when we're sad. And again, the Bible reminds us that we will cry. Jesus wept. We're told to mourn with those that are mourning. We will mourn. But even in those moments, the peace of God rules our hearts. You're strengthened on the inside as you abide in Jesus. There's no shortcut. There isn't an app that you can just kind of click through and go, yeah, I'm connected to Jesus. It really is choosing to be with him every single day. It's time spent in his presence, which grounds you in your everyday walk. Let me just pray, and then I'll... You need to get your kids and things, don't you? Yeah. Father, you're so good. You are so good to us. I thank you that you go before us, that you're behind us, that you're around us. I thank you that we have nothing to fear in you. And Jesus, we want to be people that are full of joy. We want that to be a, a characteristic of us here at Gateway. And so, Holy Spirit, come fill us. That deep, deep contentment, that satisfaction in you. Where actually when people walk past us, they would experience something of your tangible presence. Help us, Jesus, to help others encounter you.